in the neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Welcome in the neutral corner. Hey guys, what a card. Man, top to bottom. This game bread card was for sure the best card that Dean Tool and Company have ever put together. Ever. Hands down. No no absolute no doubt. Boxing every single matchup and I cannot stress enough how top to bottom this card was great I mean it was great um wow the white canvas was soaked with blood at the end of the night from boxing matches I mean excellent action from top to bottom you know there wasn't ever really boring or dull moments maybe one or two here or there but not for the whole fight we're talking moments in a round or two i mean i was i was ecstatic the whole night um from the first match the um uh the i think both of the girls name were danielle and they they probably were the least entertaining of the night if I had to be per perfectly honest. The second matchup, Cade Howell took on Chris Wingate. Um, Cade looked good, man. Um, he claims he had an off night. Um, when you hear the post-fight press conference with him, he said it was an off night. He didn't fight his best game, and he didn't do his game plan. But to you know, to be honest with you, he the guy took took the fight to him and tried to make it a dog fight. And Cade showed that he can keep calm under pressure, and that he also has a little bit of dog in him. All he's saying when he says he has an off night is he should have thrown a little more offense. Hey, we all have those nights. I wouldn't necessarily even say it was an off night because he got the W, and uh, he never was in any trouble. Um, I thought he did good. I thought, I thought he looked good. Um, in every fight, after every fight, whether you're flawless or not, there's always room for improvement. But, you know, you know, great fight. The the fight after the, after his, I don't, I'm not sure if it was aired or not, but it was a lo Milwaukee local. His name was Javier, and I don't remember his last name. And he fought this dude, um, uh, Louis, Luis, maybe, I don't remember, but he's a BKFC vet, and, uh, dude, <laughs> that was an exciting banger, that was so entertaining, I mean, it was like, what, what, you know, like, um, the dude Javier, slick, slick boxing style, um, and was good everywhere, he was good in the clinch, um, he was good in the pocket, he was good at distance, uh, the first round, his opponent had the most success coming out and firing shots and catching, um, you know, catching him off guard. But he definitely, he definitely settled in. You know what I mean? And um, dude, it was so pretty to watch. Like both of them, really, because it was a fight all the way through. I believe the next fight. 
if I remember correctly, was Joe Riggs versus um, that dude from Brazil that dresses the Joker. Um, now that I remember that one, that one wasn't the most exciting fight. Uh, both were, in my opinion, kind of sloppy, but, um, you know, Riggs is 40, dude. You know, like, it, it's hard. And um, he broke his foot stepping somehow. It was very odd. Um, so he lost TKO. And then, um, let's see, who else? I'm trying to think. I know that, uh, that the Andy Wynn, and, uh, I think her name was B. Wynn, or B. something else, but anyways, Killer B. That fight was an interesting fight. <clears throat> Not a banger, sorry. It's... 3 3.30 a.m., um, I'm very tired, I've been up all day, uh, dealing with the event, but I really wanted to get this done, so, um, and I'm, you know, again, unprepared, and I didn't write down the list or anything like that, um, of the fighters, so I'm going off of a 3.30 a.m. memory with no food, et cetera, et cetera, complaint, complaint, but anyways, um, Andy Wynn and the Killer Bee, um, that was a phenomenal matchup, very technical. Andy Wynn had a very movement style, okay? She was very um, elusive, and she was the longer fighter. And uh, old Killer B, she had the more technical style, the more boxing style, and uh, definitely felt like she had the harder punches. But I thought Andy was being elusive enough, and I thought she was landing enough. And even, you know, Andy threw some good hard punches, but, um, you know, I think that she had did enough, at least through most of those rounds, to get a win. But they gave the other girl the victory. Um, you know, that was, that was very interesting, but still a good fight. Uh, the next fight after that was what? I think it was Dylan Bad Boy Kleckler versus Josh Burns. And, of course, I told you guys. I told you guys weeks ago when the fight was announced. And then I told you guys when I interviewed Dylan right after sparring him that he was going to knock this dude out. I, I told you. And he did. 100% he did. He did in the first round, and he was patient. He actually used some movement. He was elusive at first, and then he set him up, and he so he hit him with a right hand that kind of woke him up a bit. <clears throat> uh, Dylan hit Josh, and then Josh clinched with him. A little bit of a time that passed, and then Dylan, you know, crushes him with a one-two. Boom, boom, and it looked like he got hit with a cattle prod. His legs stiffen up. He falls straight down comically, dude. And, like, looking at Dylan, like, what the hell just hit me? Like, he was seeing three Dylans in front of him. So then he gets up. And, uh, okay, so then he goes down, right? So Dylan walks to our, cor to our corner, his corner, the red corner. The rule is, when you score a knockdown, you're supposed to go with me in the neutral corner, right? So he wasn't doing that. Honestly, that would have been like a minute, minute and a half knockout. B 
because the referee, even though he's supposed to have a count a count guy on the outside counting, that's if you ever hear a knockdown and you hear the referee, you know, you hear the knockdown and you hear a slap. One, two, that's the guy on the outside keeping cadence just in case the referee has to deal with the other. Now, that did happen. However, when the referee and everybody's trying to tell Dylan to go to the neutral corner, Josh is recovering. It was honestly like a 20-second, maybe a 15, but a 20, 15 to 20-second count. He, had, he was knocked out on the first. But see, those two have some bad blood, so I know Dylan definitely did not mind having to knock him out again. So they get up, and same thing happens. This time, Dylan hits him with some good, clean, patient, but good and clean one-twos, and it sent him face-first into the bottom rope. I mean, comical. It was all, that was all she wrote. You know what I mean? All she wrote. And, um, you know, uh, Josh Burns gets up and he's, you know, yelling some horrible things at, about Dylan and just personal things like, and attacking Dylan's family. And it's just like, dude, you got knocked the fuck out. Like, you don't even want to meet this guy out at the bar. Shut up. You know? Um, I hate when people are like that. You, you fault. Settle the beef, dude. You fall, settle the beef. Although he probably most definitely was concussed, so maybe that's what it was. Uh, who fought after Dylan, man? I mean, just phenomenal fights. Oh, I, I missed uh, Roy Jones Jr.'s protege um, from India. Holy cow. Was it like Meep or... It was like Meep something, and he was freaking phenomenal. He fought this dude from the BKFC, and holy cow, that dude was flashy and powerful. And it was a, like, they was like, he fights at like 130. It's crazy. So powerful for a 130. But anyways, after Dylan fought, oh yeah, dude, after Dylan fought, it was fight of the night. Without a doubt, the fight of the night. And it was um, Gina Mazzani, Versus Pearl Gonzalez. And I told you guys. This was my choice for fight of the night. Um, and I told you guys. I thought Gina was going to be the one to edge it out. And she did. Um, it was actually. Scored a majority decision. And for those of you who don't know. A majority decision means. Two judges scored it for one fighter. One judge scored it. As a draw. And do that fight was amazing probably the best fight in island fights history and i know this isn't island fights but you know what i mean anybody that's local y'all know what i mean definitely 100 percent the best fight in game bread history but um yeah excellent i mean both of those girls were so bloody it was ridiculous and the heart they showed the toughness they showed it was absolutely everything you want out of a combat sport I mean, and then afterwards, just like good and 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 nice, uh, uh, you know, like sportsmanship. It, it was it was great. It was it was a great fight, um, dude. It, man, you know, I really want to talk about these fights because I took so many clips and so many videos. But you know, man, just a all-out war. Um, you know, Gina started out really strong and, um, Pearl finished really strong. 
So that, man, that's always so fun to watch, right? You know, a slow starter versus a fast starter and a, and a fader versus a, someone who um, gets better as the rounds go. And then after them, Devin Cushing, I believe, fought. And dude looked, I mean, he looked flawless. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure for the first two rounds, I'm not, I don't think the guy even landed on him. I mean, Devin was like, I mean, dude, Matrix, just in the Matrix. Devin looked really good, and uh, he was just, he was just whooping up on this dude, bro. Like it was like, it was like, yeesh, you know. Um, um, but yeah, Devin, um, lightning fast behind the jab as always. Uh, his reflexes were really there tonight, um, and. That, that left body shot I was talking about was there all night. Landed it. He also landed a few right uppercuts. Um, but I don't remember the exact shot that took him, took the guy out. Um, no. Man, Devin, Devin, what he honestly needs is just that that name, right? That name because the skills there, no problem. Skills there, so he needs that name. He needs to find a name, so people, even more people, will take pay attention. But Sean Porter, the champ, Sean Porter, you know, my man, Sean Porter, he even said and had nothing but good things to say about. You know, Devin Cushing's boxing skills. Um, yeah, through you know, there's there's nothing you can say that hasn't already been said about that. The only thing I've got to say is that for him to get the recognition he deserves, it's he's gotta he's gotta beat a name. Someone even asked him that, um, in the post fight press conference about fighting someone with a record similar to his and you know, the record thing matters, I guess, especially in boxing. More so, it's the name recognition, right? It's got to be someone with a, with a name in boxing. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a murmur that people are doing, but it's something, you know? Um, that's his next step. 13 and 0. 9 or 10 knockouts, something like that. Dude's a savage. Kid is a savage. Um... After Dylan fought, or after, after Devin fought, I believe there was that Louis Feliciano versus, uh, God, I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Booth. And that fight was a fantastic brawl. Fantastic brawl. I mean, it, and, I say brawl, but it was a tactical brawl. Luis Feliciano, I think he moves to 17-0 and 0 now. He was a boxer, boxing technician, where the other guy who was a boxer or is a boxer was still a little more wild, a little more explosive, took a few more chances, excuse me, took a few more chances. You know, he really was putting it all out there, so to speak, so... Um, that was a very interesting matchup, and 
those guys beat the brakes off each other, man. It was it was awesome. I mean, just traded back and forth. That was probably the second best fight of the night, you know. And then, um, I believe Luis uh, Feliciano got the win, and uh, I think he's a Milwaukee guy, or at least somewhat local. Luis Feliciano's movement. I mean, that kid's going places, first of all. But, yeah, his movement was so good, you know. And then the fire that he had him. And these guys were 140, and they looked every bit of 170, dude. They were so fucking big. For 140, I was like, excuse me? You know? Um, and then, you know, another thing I love about boxing, man, is the fucking, is the shorts, and and the shoes and the gloves and the matching and oh dude it's so pretty and all you know almost all of them had such you know pretty or interesting you know fight wear fight gear um so yeah after that one man was was the three big ones right Jose Aldo versus uh Jeremy Stevens and that one was a war just like we predicted Aldo came out fast and hard and just as I predicted they were using boxing techniques but they were very much stand-up MMA fighting or stand-up MMA boxing Jeremy Stevens coming straight forward throwing bombs trying as hard as he can to get in Jose Aldo being a sniper trying to stay on the outside trying to land that left hook to the to the liver he tried it over and over and over again uh, Jeremy did a great job at blocking that, um, took a lot of hard punches, took a lot of hard shots, ate them, kept on coming. And then the same for Aldo. Jeremy pulled, pulled for it on the way out. Like, so on the back half, you know, Jeremy started coming on and started doing a lot, especially as Aldo started to fade. Um, and Jeremy started really putting the pressure on Jose Aldo, and it was it was really cool to see, um, you know, if you judge the fight based purely on damage afterwards, like before they clean up and everything, you know, Jeremy's face was pretty rough looking. Um, once he washed it off and, uh, you know, wiped it off and all that, it didn't look so bad, but the blood was everywhere. Busted nose, you know, blood everywhere, and, um, Aldo had a little bit of swelling, a couple of, like a mouse under his eye and one above his eye, but nothing too crazy. So based on just sheer, just the way they looked after the fight, you know, we'd think there would be a clear as day winner, but there is not. It was scored a draw, which to be completely honest, I'm not super mad at it. Um, Kind of. You know, not I'm not super mad at it. You know, I thought Aldo was a little sharper. I thought Aldo Aldo probably won, you know, four, maybe five rounds, but maybe not. You know, it, it just depends. I was really watching as a fan and less as like a judging, you know, in a judging mindset. I was also recording a lot and I was also having to deal with a lot, you know. Uh, but... Um, yeah, it was a draw, 
they're t- they're wanting to run it back again. That's a fight I'd watch again. Then you have Vitor Belfort versus Jacare Souza. And I know I said I picked Jacare for the upset, but dude, Vitor beat the fuck out of him, man. Like again, if you were to judge a fight on well, if you were to judge a fight on damage, they were both pretty damaged. Um, a headbutt. I'm almost positive it was a headbutt because just the placement of it, the way the cut was, all of that opened up Vitor, and Vitor looked gnarly, dude. It was it's epic looking, but man, he looked pretty crisp. He looked pretty good. Um, obviously, Jacare has some serious power because Vitor 100% could have knocked Jacare Souza out. A hundred, a hundred percent. If Vitor would have threw a couple of more feints and if he would have kept pressure at very pivotal moments, um, and there were very many of them, uh, he could have pressured him and put you know put Jacare to sleep. But Jacare, being a, the world champion, world class grappler that he is, he was clinching a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and that probably tired Vitor out. You know, Vitor, you know, like, boxers don't do a whole, whole lot of clinch training. So, um, yeah, he it probably tired the shit out of Vitor, to be completely honest. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, that was an entertaining fight. <clears throat> they traded shots. Uh, Vitor hurt Jacques, he knocked Jacare down, like, two or three times um, in the first round or second round. And uh, it was not looking good. But Jacare sucked it up. You know, he got hurt quite a few times he stung Vitor quite a few times and sucked it up and he made it a distance but ultimately it would be Vitor to get the win you know uh by decision so Vitor uh you know is is pretty cool I'd be I'd be interested to see what he does next he didn't look like excellent by any means as far as boxing standards go but he looked pretty freaking good and the fight was good and that's what we want to see. We want to see fights, you know? We want to see two tough guys duke it the fuck out and see who's standing. And that's what, you know, that's definitely 100% what we got would be Tor Belfort and uh, Jacques Ray Souza. <coughs> so now it's time for the main event of the evening. Eight rounds in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In the cruiserweight division, fighting out of the blue corner, Anthony Showtime Pettis, former WEC lightweight champion, former UFC lightweight champion, multiple knockout of the night or performance of the night winner, multiple time fight of the night winner, exciting, explosive fighter, and fighting out of the red corner, the only man to go six weights and win a world title. The only man to start at super middleweight all the way up to heavyweight and win a world title in each class. The greatest to ever lace him up, Roy Jones Jr. Pensacola zone. It was actually a pretty interesting fight. The first three rounds... Roy had almost no output, and I think Roy 
honestly, I think a little bit of it was, was probably Anthony's style. Just come, he comes from an MMA background. And so you know that he just has a different way of throwing punches, a different way of attacking. His mind is wired different. And as I said before, Roy has been boxing since before Anthony was born. But, you know, at the same time, Anthony has a different mindset. And I think that shows. That's the number one thing we saw tonight is you could tell a guy that was an MMA guy and you could tell a guy that was a boxer. The first round, the first three rounds, Roy just did not have enough um, output, to be completely honest. He just didn't. I understand he was computing. I understand he was, you know, trying to see what Anthony's, you know, tells were, et cetera, et cetera. He's wanting to try to give people their money's worth and not just end it in the first round or whatever. But at the end of the day, people came to see Roy Jones Jr. be Roy Jones Jr. So the first three rounds, he kind of was computing and doing those things. But about round four, Roy started opening up a little bit. And started trying to throw things and be things and do things. Now, this fight wasn't as exciting as uh, Gina Mazzani versus Pearl Gonzalez. And it was not as exciting as Vitor Belfort versus Jacare Souza. It wasn't as exciting as Jose Aldo. But at the same time, it was. It wasn't as action-packed. That is for sure. But the flashes you saw from a 54-year-old Roy Jones Jr. were amazing. The boxing skills that you saw from a 36-year-old former MMA champ, Anthony Pettis, it was amazing. Both those guys did everything that they could to prepare and put on a great show. Roy cracked Anthony a couple damn times. The first left hook, check hook that landed in the first round, um, Anthony had a big-ass red mark on the whole side of his fucking face. It was, it was crazy. Um, but ultimately Anthony got the win, he got the dub, and, uh, Anthony did land a lot to the body, I will, I will say that, and Anthony had great defense, but Roy's reflexes and defense were way better than people gave him credit for, um, but, dude, it was so awesome, and then the environment was awesome, the whole fight week or, you know, environment. I flew in on Thursday. I got to the ho the hotel on Thursday, and I got to unpack. I got to walk around a little bit in the city and see it. Friday morning, I was up, setting the ring up. I had a little bit of help from a union here. Because I had a union here, I had to follow strict rules. And see, it's weird. I had to follow certain strict rules, but then other ones... I like Nessit like supposedly I wasn't supposed to be able to put my hands on anything really, but they let me work, which is good. I, I wanted that, you know, like they let me do the things that I needed to do. But uh, you know, crawling underneath that ring on the concrete and hauling those chains around and tying the things down and taping things down and then you know, I didn't anyways, I didn't get done until about one thirty or so in the afternoon and then I walked and then I did walk around. Um, I did have to help with a couple of things for the uh, weigh-ins. You know, at the at the weigh-ins, I had to work 
uh, security for a couple of things, and then also had to work as like a uh, security is not really the right word I'm looking for, but like escorting escorting the fighters, and then I had you know, uh, then this morning, and I was up late last night because I really just couldn't sleep, and you know we all went out and hung out uh, and went and had well I say hung out we all went and had dinner and then we hung out afterwards. Uh, all being, you know, just the promote, the promotion and, and the production folks and just kind of, you know, blowing off a little bit of steam. So that was nice. All in all, it was an amazing event. And uh, I'm a proud to have been a part of it. I'm proud of Dean Tool and company that have, that, that have done the thing. I and Valencia and, you know, Nick Pinto and Devin Adams and all these guys that help Dean and make it possible or help make it possible for everything. You know, all of them, uh, you know, AC, all of you guys, y'all deserve, you deserve the credit, Mike Kmetz, all of you. And, you know, without you guys, this thing would not run like the ship it should. Uh, Levi, you too. Um, yeah, man, uh, great, phenomenal night couldn't couldn't have been couldn't have gone better uh with the exception of if Roy would have knocked out Pettis that would have probably put the icing on the cake but hey man he's 54 he got in there he did it and for everybody that's saying anything about money and needing money or whatever no it's not about that I'm telling you we fought for a long time as amateurs for free as a matter of fact, when you're an amateur, you actually have to pay for things. So we used to pay to fight. So it's not so much that he needs the money. Whether he does or not is really unbeknownst to me. And honestly, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. He's 54. He's a boxing legend. He made his whole life and career off of and about boxing. That means the motherfucker loves to box. Let the motherfucker box. It is what it is. But anyways, I'm going to let you guys go. I appreciate you following me. I appreciate you subscribing. I appreciate every like. Uh, in the neutral corner, I changed my YouTube name to in the neutral corner. It's so all the way around Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube, anywhere podcasts are in the neutral corner. Give me a like, give me a follow, subscribe, throw me a share in there. Tell your friends. I really appreciate it, guys. Looking forward to doing this for a long time. Looking forward to getting... I tried to get a few more interviews. It was a busy week. It really wasn't very easy to get an interview. So um, I got one. I'm happy with it. Um, there will be more coming. Uh, Devin and Kate are definitely going to be doing an interview with me soon. So stay tuned for that. This is In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Godspeed.